Welcome to The Journey Express, where we talk about faith, friendship, and the more of God. I'm Jen Houston, and I am here to introduce to you part two of Mel Boyd and I's conversation on shame. Get ready. We have a lot of great content coming to you. And if you missed part one, feel free to go back and take a listen where we share some real-life stories about how shame has affected us. Here's part two of Mel and I's conversation on shame. Um, you know, you, you talked about Brene Brown, and she is a, I guess you'd call her like a scientific researcher, and she has done copious amounts of hours on shame. And she talks about the root of shame coming from an identity of scarcity, and I've just been listening to some of her um, recordings recently, like you, and and she brought this up and I was like, oh, wow, you know, where I can see this in my life. And scarcity is the state of being scarce or in short supply, a shortage. But in other words, it's having lack. And really biblically, this is also relating to an orphan or slave um, mindset. And in Romans 8, and it just says it beautifully, and I'm just going to read that. This is out of the Passion Translation, and it says, And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. I just, I love that. Mm -hmm. And also, um, this is one of the books that I referenced earlier by Danny Silk, Unpunishable. Mm -hmm. Um, He, let me just get to it in the book. I'm going to read this out because I just think it's so worth reading. Um, But he also references Brene Brown um, in this. So, you know, he's, he's really talking about um, like a punishment paradigm and all of that. And I think Jenny, you and I've talked about, like, there's just so much to all of this that we might have to have several episodes. Yeah. Yeah. The punishment, the punishment paradigm would be like, you are afraid always of being punished for doing something wrong continually. And it's this cycle of fear. Yes. Yes. So, um, so he, he really, that's what this book is about, but he talks about this and it says, we, we learned to fear punishment. We also learned shame. Shame is the fear of disconnection, defines Brene Brown. It's the fear that something we've done or failed to do, an ideal that we've not lived up to, or a goal that we've not accomplished makes us unworthy of connection. Shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. For many of us growing up, our misbehavior, flaws, and failures got linked to disconnection, the relational pain of rejection, disapproval, scorn, and criticism through our experiences with punishment. This opened the door for a core belief in our unworthiness to settle in our hearts, which in turn began to define an identity and narrative driven by the fear of disconnection. For some, the shame narrative sounded like this. To avoid the pain of disconnection, I must not expose my flaws or failures. I will hide, especially through, as Brown puts it, pleasing, performing, and perfecting. And just recently, I again, I was just sharing that the Lord has really been bringing me into this, um, 
you know, we've been talking about it, but this area of shame, but also in vulnerability and this fear of being known and this fear of like, if I am vulnerable, if I open myself up to people, then I will be rejected and, um, and, and disconnected. So I'm, I'm in the middle, we're having this conversation on an episode, but I'm in the middle of my own just kind of revelation and what the Lord is showing me about all of this journey. Are you on your own journey? You know what? I'm, yes. <laughs> You're just expressing it. Yes. Wow. That's a great name. <laughs> no, we are. We're in the middle of it. We're camping out. We're camping out in we the are. middle of it. <laughs> we we want to get all there is to get because we want to be free. We want to be whole. We want to move on. We want to mature and grow. And I know those who are listening also value um, growth and maturity. So we hope all of this stuff and our journey expressed um, just encourages those to to continue on um, maturing and growing. Yes, you know, people pleasing, Mel. I would say that. Um, that has been one of my biggest struggles in life. And I think it's a gap in my personality. It's a gap in, you know, just the way I was raised, being a middle child, um, having a brother 13 years younger than me, helping raise him, you know, like just all sorts of things play into this bent towards wanting to please people. And I don't want to disappoint people because at the end of the day, I don't want to be unlovable. You know, I don't want to be alone. And like you said, that is that orphan mindset where we we feel fear abandonment and being left alone. But you know what I'm thinking of right now is, and I think this is a word for somebody, the story of Elijah when they were getting ready to be attacked. I wish I knew where it was. It It might be in 2 Kings, but God opened up the spiritual eyes of the good people and showed them the angel armies that were standing camp around the enemy. And it was hundreds, I believe, of angelic help and soldiers that were there to assist. Is that right, Mel? Yeah, yes. And I just, I really feel like that is something, that is a picture that I've come to recently is like, you know what? I am not alone. I will never be alone. I am grafted into the family of God. And there is... There is a feast. There is a table that the Lord sets for each of us. And there's plenty of room there for all of us. And so I just think we need these reminders as Christians, um, as we walk this faith walk, that we're never alone. And we don't have to fear being rejected because we are fully accepted through Christ. Yeah. Yes. Amen. And we're, again... I mean, everything you said, I was like, yes and amen. I mean, that's my struggle too, is the, um, you know, I don't want to disappoint people. I'm such a people pleaser. I'm a middle child as well. (laughs) So many similarities, Jen. I love it because the Lord is, you know, here I am 49 years old and it's like the Lord is still bringing me on this journey of maturity that we are going from glory to glory and there's always hope. And, um, but we can't do it alone, you know, and we're not, not meant to do it alone. And this is, I, I guess, you know, we really wanted to share this conversation about shame and expose some things in it. Um, but also the amazing, the good news of Romans eight, that we are sons and daughters in him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we are a new creation. 
you know, we talked before about scarcity and feeling lack and not being good enough or not feeling good enough. And again, Romans 8 brings us back to our true identity and belonging to a family. And Brene Brown, with her research, she's also created her own definitions. And this is her definition of belonging. The innate human desire to be a part of something larger than us. Because this longing is so primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in and seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutes for belonging, but often barriers to it. Wow, Jen, this is speaking to what we were just talking about. (laughs) Yeah. True belonging only happens when we present our authentic and perfect selves to the world. Our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. Wow. That is amazing. (laughs) I'm like, drop the mic. Yeah. Drop the mic. I feel like Brene's onto something here and there is truth. I feel like the capital T truth would just like put the exclamation point onto that. And the one part that I think as believers we get to add here is that true belonging only happens when we present ourselves fully to God, not holding back anything. And I just want to connect back to a year ago when Tammy Shea came on our podcast and she said, you know, oftentimes Christians say, I want to know more of God. I want to know more of God, but God is saying, I want to know you. Mm-hmm. And so when we come mm-hmm. before him and reveal ourselves to him and what is the deepest longing of our heart, um, where are our weaknesses? Where are our gaps and present them to him? That is the truest and most authentic part of who we are. And, and not just to the world, you know, like, cause I feel yeah. like it's cultural. It's right now, it's like cultural for everyone to say like, well, this is who I am. Right. You know? Even in corporate America, there's this phrase, bring your whole self to work. Right. And so it's almost this celebration of the depravity. It's the celebration and embracing of the lack and the, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't have the words quite ready for it, but we bring all that to God and we allow him to touch those places to make us whole. And we celebrate the wholeness and we celebrate the growth and the maturity. I don't feel like necessarily we are to throw our pearls to the world and to swine and to let everybody in the world see our full selves. Um, I know you have some I know you have some thoughts to share about being vulnerable and stuff and and some areas that you've grown in that area. And I do think that we should be authentic and vulnerable with people, but with a lens of wisdom and maturity. Do you want to share anything about that? Yeah, I think just um, I've been having this conversation with with Esther too. And because this is with our uh, screen culture, our social media culture, I think there is so much of that where we just... um, you know, this whole thing of, you know, be your your authentic self and uh, put it all out there. But, um, but that actually can be, I think that can be dangerous and it's too much. It is too much. Like I've even said to her, I said, if I told your daddy, because I mean, Chris is my best friend. And if I told him every emotion and everything that was going on with me at every moment, every thought that came in my head, he would run away. (laughs) (laughs) Stream of conscious. He would run away. Like he couldn't handle it. And no, no human is meant to handle that. Only God. So really the other side of that, of where the Lord has me is um, in this place of, I, I think I said it a little bit earlier, but that I have um, more of a fear of being vulnerable. And um, 
you know, with people. And the Lord has me in a place where he's wanting me to share more of myself and be more vulnerable. Yeah. And I've experienced the beauty of when you've been vulnerable and honest with me. And honestly, I feel like we've grown so much in our relationship and in our confidence in Mm -hmm. who we are and what we have to offer each other. And because of this vulnerability that we have in this place, we've gotten to of being authentic with the things you know, in Proverbs, it says wounds from a friend can be trusted. Yeah. We found the beauty in that. The beauty is, you know what? I'm accepted by Mel and I know she's not going to reject me if I say this truth mm-hmm. and, and vice versa. Like we have, we have weathered some storms and we have been <laughs> honest with each other about some things. And I'd say our friendship is deeper yes. and stronger and more beautiful than ever before. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So the power of vulnerability and honesty can get you there. It's just navigating that with wisdom, grace, and maturity. So, all right. What's the point? What (laughs) is the point in all of this? So what is all of this for? Like why get set free from shame? What does it do as a Christian? Why? Why even like bother doing the hard work? Well, let's revisit Romans 8. It says, no matter what we face in this world, whether trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger, or sword, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. So none of those things can separate us Mm -hmm. from the love of God. So at the end of the day, nothing we experience on planet Earth, whether physically or emotionally, will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. We will never be alone. We never have to fear disconnection with Him. And ultimately, when we realize that and have that truly like in our DNA, when we know who we are, we are sons and daughters of God, we will begin to act like sons and daughters of God, which means we are carrying the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy wherever we go. We have no lack. And this is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible, Romans 8, 19. It says, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. So this this whole shame versus guilt conversation is so important. It is so important Mm -hmm. because if if we can deal with it and take off that heaviness and really see who we are in the in the eyes of Christ all of creation is waiting is just waiting for us to be revealed yeah i love that in the passion translation it says the entire universe is standing on tiptoe yearning to see the unveiling of god's glorious sons and daughters i just <laughs> i like the way that the passion translation puts it they're on tiptoes like oh That is crazy. I mean, it makes me be like, it's like, wait, we're coming. We're coming. We don't want to make you wait any longer. Like, let's, they're like, come on already. Yes. Well, honestly, we think that part of recognizing the shame paradigm and, and stepping out of it and into more of an understanding of this new creation nature, we actually become more whole and we reflect Jesus more and more to the world. So, Mel, I know there is so much more we could talk about here, but I I think all these things that we've just discussed really reflect where we are in the journey and where we're learning right now. And I just, I wonder if, I know it's a lot, but I wonder if you could pray for us and share any closing thoughts you have before we end today. 
Yeah, I just, well, I just want to say, I agree that I think that there is just so much. And I just had this thought too, that if we would love to hear your stories, we really would. And so if you want to email us, I always get the email wrong, Jen, please help me. Is it journeyexpressed at gmail.com? Email us and just share stories with us. And we'd love to hear how the Lord has um, freed you from this. Or even if you're going through it, we'd love to pray for you. But this is just where we are. And, you know, we all need each other, don't we, in the body, in the family. That's right. <laughs> right? That's right. We all belong. We all belong. That's right. So, so yes, I would love to pray. So, Lord, we thank you so much for bringing this up, this conversation to the surface of shame and a Lord, that that is not from you. It is not what you have meant us to live in and out of. And so, Lord, I just would pray right now that you would come and break shame off of us, of Jen and myself, and also of our anyone out there who's listening to this and struggles with with the identity of shame. And Lord, that it is, we declare now that it is time to come out of hiding. It's time to come out of that shame narrative and out of that prison. And we speak it out, Romans 8, over you, that you are a son and a daughter and that you are not an orphan and you are not a slave. And so thank you, Lord, that you are so for our freedom. (laughs) Jesus, Mm -hmm. you died so that we can be free and live with you eternally starting here on this earth. So we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Mel. And thank you to our friends who have continued on with us here at The Journey Express. Um, We will catch you next time.